Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod with me, your host, Luke Curry, out of Greystone Studios. I've got Mark Baker, not in Glenageary like he usually is. He's in town. By town, I mean Dublin town for those international listeners. We call uh, the city uh, town. And we've got a nice backdrop of Dublin City. Mark Baker, how's it going? Good, good. It's good to be back. Back. No mask. No no fear. No fear, no mal. That might be the, the name of this episode. Our special guest today is Rob Halligan. How's it going, Rob? Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you on the the, the Shark Pod. Me and Rob go way back. We just realized as well we were in the same uh, class back in IADT, uh, aka the Harvard of Dunleary, um, as some of the <laughs> some some people uh, used to call it. As it's well known, yeah. <laughs> so, Robert, you've uh, just launched your your new business, uh, pitched it. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of a background of that before we dig in? I got lots of stuff to talk about, but uh, why, why don't you let us know what that business is all about? Yeah, thanks very much. Um, yeah, so so simply put, pitched it is a, a startup community and, and fundraising platform. Um, it was, I guess, it was born uh, out of the frustration and, and lack of innovation and accessibility um, and ultimately efficiency within the fundraising space, specifically relating to pre-seed or, or early stage founders. So. Uh, currently routes to to raising money as a, a young company as a, a as a young startup can be quite uh, manual and uh, mundane and, and, and quite messy so we aim to uh, to patch that hole and, and ultimately provide a better resource for for early stage founders and investors um ultimately to try and make the the process a little bit more efficient and more enjoyable and rewarding it's really cool it's something that I, I I thought about like I'd love to because like, I love the, the kind of startup stuff like we have the loads of like new brand new companies um on the podcast and sometimes like we have people who have you know successful exits and stuff like that but sometimes it's it's uh an exciting time to talk to somebody as they just launch a business we've had a few few of those where it's been the first few months and we get them on and they're talking about it and then you can see it progress over time but as i was thinking like how do you uh, as a person um who just works in tech nine to five doesn't have a lot of time to find people to invest in or you know build a network and stuff like that i've often thought that'd be a kind of a cool thing so i guess is you scratching your own itch here or where'd you get this kind of this notion yeah so if you i suppose going back to the the very start so um my co-founder scott and i go back 20 years so we're we're great friends from from our childhood and uh I know you guys have spoke about sort of crypto and whatnot a few times on, on the show yourselves and it, and it sort of stems from the the buzz that kicked off a, a few years back uh, that you remember everyone was kind of dipping their toe in in the, the uh, crypto pool if you will and getting involved in that and one of the things that we noticed was the communities that were being created around these uh, businesses and around these ICOs and the level of engagement and vibrancy that was actually within these communities and how people were communicating with each other so easily and so quickly off the bat. And we just, you know, it, it, we, it wasn't translating back to the traditional uh, investment or fundraising space. So that's sort of what the original, I guess, spark, if you will, was. We saw that maybe there was something missing there that um, that could be... Um, could be seen within the sort of startup space. Um, so that's kind of what triggered it. And obviously it's 
you know, the initial iteration of, of what we were going to build has changed massively over time naturally. And, but that's sort of what had, had sparked it. It's a, it's a, such an interesting thing. Cause I once I thought about when I looked at the, when I first heard about the, the business, I, I looked into it and the first thing I'm thinking is this is, this is, uh, really interesting and stuff like that. Then I also saw the FAQs for investors, and the first thing I, I thought to myself was like, "This seems like it'll be a tricky one to get started." Did you realize how how many different angles they have to cover? If it's anything investment, does it make it a lot, you know, a, a lot more? Did you have to kind of bone up on the on the particulars? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you know, an idea is great at the start, and then <laughs> you know, the reality sets in around everything that comes with it, um, and all the walls that go up uh, that kind of get in the way. And that's just part of the process, I guess. Um, with us, you know, we're trying to uh, fill a gap for founders, for early stage founders, to support them on their on their fundraising journey. But what goes with that is also supporting investors and in supporting mentors within the ecosystem as well. So, you know, there's three different tranches of, of or three different personas of users within our community. So when you're trying, you know, building a community is difficult enough as is, but when you're trying to support three different types of people and make sure it's valuable for all of those, you know, that's tricky. Um, and then, you know, investing naturally comes with, you know, regulations and, and everything else that goes with that. So that also is another another thing to add to it just to make it a little bit more difficult. It's it's funny, though. I think with the, sometimes people get put off by those uh, difficulties or you know, that type of thing. But I think that it kind of builds little moats around the business as well, if you guys are willing to put up with it. And I think, uh, Mark, you talk about this when you were starting your business as well. Uh, remember, I think it was like two or three months in, you're saying like, no one's going to want to do all this shit that I've just did. Like that's, it's, you know. <laughs> in a like, weird way, I was kind of glad that it wasn't as easy as I thought. I didn't think it was going to be easy setting up my own recruitment company, but I had all the ingredients but putting them all together wasn't as easy as I thought and it took a little bit longer for the traction to happen and it was it was tough and you know the the wins are great but when the losses are, are massively impactful uh in the early stage you know it's it always feels touch and go and you need a lot of kind of mental strength and resilience is, is the key word I think for for any startup resilience if you can build that if you can build up your resilience muscle you know it's it's great for any walk of life. So I was kind of happy. I just remember thinking, I was kind of laughing. Things things kind of weren't going our way the way I thought they would. And they end, look, they ended up once six months hit, it was fine and it was brilliant. But I was like, I'm 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 actually glad that that wasn't as easy as I thought because the yeah. barrier entry, particularly into what we do, seemed quite low. Um, but it's not as easy as you think. So I was actually glad for the for the hardship at the start. Yeah because then everybody if it was easy everybody would be doing it yeah i'm sure you feel stronger forward as a business having gone through it you know and then we hit a year later when we were flying then we hit covid so again <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't let him uh i don't feel sorry from uh rob i think they bounced back back pretty quick so uh yeah it's, 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 it's interesting okay uh, so rob like if we if we cast it back a little bit here it's interesting to, to have you on as well because we did the same course in uh iedt um, and uh it was basically it was entrepreneurship was the was the the title of the course which i did because i always wanted to run my own company that's what my dad did when i was a child I, it was always kind of that's what his dad did so it was kind of like in the family a little bit and that you'd yeah. be self-employed and uh i just i couldn't see myself doing the accounting thing a lot of people 
you, it was either like you were doing arts or you're doing accounting. I don't know if that was the split in your friends, but that was the, the way things were going. Yeah. Um, so I did that and I, I was surprised as to how like not a lot of people straight out of college then went off and start their own stuff out of the, out of, uh, out of the entre- entrepreneurship kind of tracked. Um, I find now about 10 years later, people are starting to come out with it and spin out their own stuff afterwards. And you see those people kind of popping up. Um, yeah. but why do you think, why do you think it was that people, you know, just out of interest, didn't get cracking straight away. Like we all wanted to, I guess. Yeah. It was certainly the same for me. Um, I always, I guess, like many people would have a kind of, you call it a dream or not, but, uh, certainly, uh, thoughts of, you know, wanting to run my own business and do my own thing for various reasons. I think everyone has a, you know, likes the idea of being their own boss and, and uh, creating their own um, their own company. Uh, I think it probably, there's probably a level of confidence that you need to make that step that maybe, I think it's changed now, to be honest. It's certainly with myself. I certainly, you know, coming out of college, I wouldn't have been confident enough to try and maybe jump into it straight away. Uh, certainly didn't have the ideas back then that would, uh, that were worth, um, you know, going after. Um, but I think nowadays, I, I think there's a massive shift. I think there's more and more entrepreneurs being created every day. There's more and more yeah. startups being created every day, which is amazing to see. I think, you know, I was reading something recently around, you know, this great resignation that they're talking about um, and how that is spawning a lot of people to not necessarily jump back into a similar role or, you know, a similar company, but to actually go out and see if they can create something themselves. Um, now, what's actually sparking, you know, that confidence in people? I'm not necessarily sure. I have no idea, but it's great to see nonetheless. Um, you know, for me, I think back then I did the course, same as yourself, Um probably partially through interest in entrepreneurship and partially because uh, a, a lack of other options. But uh, I think uh, I always did want uh, eventually to try and go down this track. Um, but it was just never clear when that was going to happen. It was also, I just remember, it was also kind of a, a tough time in Ireland coming out of college. There wasn't a lot of grad jobs or, or you know, like mm. if you got something, you were kind of lucky to get something, you know? And I think yeah, that, that yeah. you're right. It's a confidence thing. Now, I don't know. I think the people that are a little bit younger, they see businesses in, in global terms that we I didn't really see when I was in college. It was all very local. Um, like even now, like I know you worked in a Salesforce. I work in HubSpot, where I've almost never done business in Ireland. Really, in the five yeah. years I worked there, I do it all over the world. It doesn't matter where I am, you know. Um, and it's kind of a, it's an interesting one because I was just I was th- saying this to my wife yesterday. We were going for a walk up here the back road up towards Delgany and there's big mansions there, you know, and there's one that we particularly like. Um, and it, we were, you know, there's people kind of in the garden and stuff. And we were saying like, do you know what? Like, like if you, <laughs> I, I got paid really well in, uh, in HubSpot kind of in general terms, you know, uh, with the whole package, it's a very attractive package. But I said to my wife, I said, you know, we're never going to have that house if I work for HubSpot. So you can make a decision. I can go all in and, you know, maybe have to figure out stuff five years from now, but it, it, like we're gonna have to make decisions soon. I'm 32 now, I'm gonna be 33. Why are you putting the decision on her? Because she's the one with the green light, Mark. <laughs> she's the one that's gonna have to be cutting coupons for a few years. I don't care. I've, I was poor growing up. I don't care. Like you know, <laughs> you got I'll, that tin of beans in the in the in the drawer still. Yeah, I used to say. So Rob, I used to when I was a sales salesperson doing uh, direct sales. I used to have a, a tin of beans in my uh, drawer and I'd be like, I can go live on that if I want to. 
this doesn't matter yeah. to me. Right. Everything yeah. else is great. Emergency. <laughs> but anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. So that, I brought it, you know, made it personal. You guys, you, you guys are still, are actually still, you're kind of young, young to me because I'm older. But even like when you guys were in college, that was quite a long time ago, even though you're, you know, you're relatively young. So I think young people now, it's a di- it is a different world. And that's where the confidence is coming from, from people maybe doing their own thing straight away. Maybe they're doing their own thing in college because everything is more accessible. Yeah. These yeah. people, mentors, customers, because it's everything is online. And, you know, with social media now, it's, it's a completely different game. I also think, like, we had social media back in our day, but I think now the people that are coming out of college never got hobbled by, uh, they never went to 2008 where everyone's like, oh, shit. Do you know, like, they're they're so confident, and it's great. Yeah. Do you know? Well, in order to make big stuff happen, you do you do need um, a lack of fear. Do you know what I mean? Not even confidence, but just a lack of fear. So yeah. definitely some generations have these little things, these little hangovers. Do you know, I went to, so I used to work in the Nordics, Rob, in HubSpot, spent a lot of time over there. And especially in Finland, everyone's starting their own business. Everyone. Really? It's crazy. And uh, they have this, and Mark's right, like it's a, a lack of fear because the society will look after them if they fail. <laughs> Do you know, like there's a big yeah, safety definitely. net. And there's just, yeah, as, as Mark was saying, there's just so many additional resources available to people now. You know, you see people spinning up, you know, Amazon web stores and Shopify stores and whatnot very quickly. And all of a sudden they're making, you know, amazing money on the sides as a, as a, as a side hustle. Um, and with it, with, you know, a minimal amount of effort once it's up and running type of thing. So uh, I think those type of opportunities and resources weren't necessarily available 10 years ago. Uh, so people have, and now I'm not trying to, well, I am making excuses as to why I didn't do it before, but uh, it's uh, it's a good one to make, I think. So, yeah, there's a lot there for people to sort of go after. And I think in the jobs market as well, and Mark, obviously you'll attest to this, there's uh, certainly within our space, uh, you know, the tech space, Luke, you know, the HubSpot and Salesforce, they're, they're no longer the, you know, shining beacons of, of sales roles or tech roles in, in Ireland. There's a, lots of amazing companies so uh, in the market now. There's so many great jobs out there. So I think for young people coming out of college, there's a lot of opportunity and maybe they see as it's less risk to, you know, try something yeah. themselves because there's a lot to fall back on. Yeah, for sure. And so now... And also, sorry, t- time is actually more accessible now as well because especially with the working from home thing, you could be doing all sorts of stuff on the side and your employer will never know, you know, unless your, your productivity really drops. But Luke, if you were in, you know, the Davy, I was in Deloitte, you couldn't, wouldn't, didn't yeah. have time or, you yeah. know, a chance to even get away with it. Yeah. And like, yeah, the Davy thing. So I worked for Davy after IDT for a couple of years. Oh man. Worst couple of years from, uh, <laughs> uh, it was crazy. Like, you know, sitting in your desk until half five, even if you're done, like, it was just it was it was like school it was really weird i had a great time socially like because everyone was there was like 40 people who joined at the same time all the same age and had a great time but uh wouldn't recommend it um i forgot all about that part of my life as well mark mark keeps bringing it up it's like <laughs> me, me and robert are saying like it's hard to even remember our college at this age uh but yeah so so rob what's the where are you guys at now you've gone full-time like how long have you been doing that for for full-time and uh and what's the the six month plan for the for the business where do you guys want to be yeah so we've we've actually february was our first month you know completely full-time about myself and scott and previous to that as as you'd mentioned i was working in salesforce for the last six and a bit years and 
and, and as Mark alluded to, sort of the pandemic and working from home did provide that level of flexibility where I could, you know, put some some focus on on this uh, for the last six months. Because um, it's very hard to to gain traction when you're energy and time and effort is is you know focused elsewhere and i think that's just what was the catalyst where you said like look you know this is going to be taken serious by everyone else and if we are going to get this anywhere we do need to to make the jump and and uh and get into it um 100 so that's what we did we i picked the end of the financial year in salesforce to just sort of get that get that done and yeah. uh, which was january 31st and uh and then from feb 1st it was uh, it was all in so where we're at at the moment um we're very fortunate that scott is is a, an amazing engineer and technologist so he has built oh. the platform himself from the ground up which is great we haven't have to, to go elsewhere and outsource it which can you know often be a big um burden and uh, a big chunk of resources that have to go into those things and, and ultimately money so we've been able to avoid that which is fantastic and at the moment what we're doing is we're just um we're just building up our community so as i said it's it's made up of founders who are on their fundraising journey investors interested in the the early stage you know early stage tech companies which is what we're focusing on and mentors in the space as well and uh, in the next six months our plan is to have our first uh, raise under our belt so have, have supported our first uh, early stage company in, in raising their initial round it's a i think it's a it's a great th- so one i think it's going to be a great business but i also think it's a great thing to do as well as in like it's it's it was one of those things that me and mark had talked about before i don't know i don't know who's on mark some i forgot the the person that we, that we interviewed that was talking about this but you know like building your tribe you're gonna have mm. contact with all of these founders you know, of this, of the next 10 years in Ireland, do you know that you're going to be coming in contact with? I think it's really cool if that's what you're interested in. Um, tell me this. Here, so, you know, we come from a, a say a similar background when it comes to technology, uh, sales jobs. Like, I guess if the next step for you was like sales manager up the way to sales director and that type of thing. Yeah. What, what, what put you off that, that track? Because that's what everyone in, so if people don't know, but like that's the kind of, the, the track that salespeople go on in these big companies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything necessarily put me off. It, it, you know, I felt very fortunate that I that I worked at Salesforce and, and loved my time there and, and learned a, a great deal. Probably was the reason I feel confident to, to go into this and, and uh, build pitch this. Um, I don't think anything necessarily put me off, but I think as time went on, the the entrepreneurial sort of itch just kept on getting bigger. Um, and the, the keenness to do something myself just kept on growing. And when the opportunity presented itself, I kind of just, you know, my, my, uh, my uh, colleague, my co-founder, Scott, he had started building the, the sort of prototype or first iteration of this, um, you know, uh, before I was in any way involved. And uh, he, you know, he'd mentioned it and I'd spoke to him about it and, I kind of dropped a couple of hints about like, you know, wanting to be involved as a co-founder and felt like I could uh, add value and, and, and build this with them. And I weighed it up as if I didn't do this, if I don't take the opportunity to go down the track of something that, you know, I ultimately have always wanted to do, will I, um, will that be okay in, in, you know, a year or two years time, if it, regardless of how well it does, yeah. you know, will I, will I be all right with that? Um, and I just, and I wasn't, is the honest answer. I, you know, 
particularly if it does well, right? But yeah. regardless, it's, if I don't take this opportunity now, will I have another opportunity to do it? Uh, especially when it's something that I I believe in and something that I I know I can add value to and something that I think is worthwhile. Um, so it was just it was kind of an easy decision to make, to be honest. Uh, in the end, cool. so um, I, I yeah, I had to make the jump. Do Do you think you could uh, you could make it work by not going all in? Do you think you have to go all in? Uh, I think at, at a certain point you do because so when you're when you're trying to build something while you have a full-time job, you're not actually giving either 50% of your time because it's impossible to gain traction when you're jumping back and forth between the two. Um, you're not giving it your full focus. You're not giving either your full focus or attention. And I don't think it's necessarily fair on either, you know, your employer or the, the company that you're trying to build because, um, you know, you have a relationship to your employer and you also have this, you know, deep belief in what you're trying to create and you don't want to not give it 100%. Um, and I think, you know, if you are a company that ultimately wants to go on and maybe raise fundraising yourself, it's very hard to stand over it uh, or an investor stand over it. If you're not, you know, fully committed to us, why would somebody commit to you if you're not, you know, hundred percent in. So, you know, a, fr- a friend of ours, who's also uh, a startup founder uh, based out of Dublin. We had had a conversation with him and he had sort of, a, we, we, you know, we already kind of knew that, but he had, he had put it in, in, in words, you know, he'd said it out loud that, you know, it comes to a point where, you know, you just have to jump in and go for it regardless. So that's what we did. And I think a lot of people are waiting for that point. As I said, let's get to that point and then we'll be comfortable to do it. But you always kind of have to do it before you're comfortable to Definitely. do it. I mean, there's always an element of risk. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that, you know, it's not saying there's never a good time to do these things. There isn't. So, you know, you can, you'll wait and wait and wait for an ideal time. And then all of a sudden that time will pass you by and there's, you know, there's no time or the time is being wasted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously you need to make sure your ducks are in a row and things that need to be ticked off are ticked off before you make a decision like that. You know, both myself and my founder are, uh, have, you know, one-year-old boys and mortgages and all the rest of that fun stuff. So, you know, when you make a decision to, to leave full-time employment, to, to start a startup, uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, as much as is taken care of as that can be, you know, it's it's so funny that you mentioned the the mortgage. I, I thought about this as well. Like once you get the mortgage, is there's kind of life before mortgage where everything has to be squeaky clean, and then you get the mortgage, you'll be like, I can fuck around now. They can't get me out of here. Isn't that right, yeah, Mark? Because yeah. <laughs> Mark used to work work in banks. That uh, it was like a it was something to do with NAM or something when you first became a. Yeah, well, it was a it was a, a uh, an organization that was set up after a bank was pulled out. So the the organization was basically get in as much money as possible. Yeah. it's hard to get farms back from these farmers right mark they don't yeah basically don't don't bother <laughs> touching the farmers they'll come after you with a gun <laughs> so uh, my point yeah. is like when you get once you're you get best off getting you'll you'll get the money from the little guys that take that took the little bets you know yeah it's the it's it's like a checkpoint in a game i always think when you get the, the first one um, yeah yeah so that's good so like the so mark i know you're going to jump in there but i just wanted to think so is this something that's just for ireland or is it going to be uh, international what's uh, does it does it come with another set of regulations you guys have to go through if it's like a a uk thing or yeah yeah so 
Uh, it's, you know, Ireland is obviously our sort of uh, starting point. Naturally, we're, we're both Irish. This is where we're, we're set up and registered and all that stuff. So it makes sense for us to, to kick things off here. But no, well, you know, it's not just an Irish thing. Um, so what we do, just to, to give you a bit more context on, um, you know, companies, if they want to raise capital in return for equity, there's generally two ways of doing that. And that's down your sort of angels and your VCs or through your equity crowdfunding route. Okay. Um, and we kind of do a hybrid type model. So, you know, there's issues with both and that's kind of what, you know, the gaps that we're trying to to plug, you know, for, for early stage founders, you know, raising privately can be very, you know, manual months of back and forth over email and outdated materials and, yeah it's not an easy process and it's very time consuming and, and energy consuming for, for the founders and the equity crowdfunding side also has really stiff barriers to entry um, and, and often leads to a lot of waste of time and energy for the, the, the entrepreneurs as well. So uh, they're left with kind of mundane and manual approaches. Um, what we do ultimately is help founders to become investable through uh, the use of our community. So the community helps them refine their ideas further and, and become and more investable and validate the business. And then they can raise privately using our architecture to manage all of their investor relations, the, the payment processing, KYC, AML, all, all of that stuff, or through a hybrid model where they do part of their round and privately tapping into our community of investors and also a sort of more public crowdfunding round, which is, you know, comes with the sort of PR and the marketing and the buzz uh, once it's you know opened up to the, the media and whatnot. Crowdfunding is a funny one. It was an unregulated space in Ireland up until November just gone. And since then, there's been an EU-wide regulation rolled out, which ultimately means that we need to be you know, regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. But the benefit for us is that we can passport all of our services across the wider EU and raise Ooh. for a startup anywhere based in the EU. That's cool. So it means we can cast our net a little bit further. But to get there, we do need to go through, through regulation, which is uh, obviously a very fun process. Yeah, but like like we were saying before, like those kind of hurdles kind of build a little moat. But uh, that's really exciting if they, they can do it all over Europe because I mean, there's so much opportunity out there. It's absolutely yeah, and I, I like the idea of, of putting some structure around this because a lot of I'd say a lot of people that start businesses they have a great idea or they're very enthusiastic or they have found a a niche or something that they want to go after. But sure, I wouldn't know where to start. To like we we t- Mark we talk to VCs sometimes on the on the podcast. I don't know how to put something together for them or I, mean, I don't know if they're going to send me some cash mark what do you think i don't think a lot of people do and, and that's the problem um yeah. you're not going to do it too often in your life um, yeah. i feel like it's, uh, sorry quick question i just feel like it's kind of engineered that way there's so many resources out there but it doesn't it's not always easy to, to make heads or tails of it all yeah and it's it's not very easy to get money from a, a bank for a if you're an entrepreneur either that no way, it's, it's Mark knows all about that. We'll we won't yeah. go into too many details, but but he got the he got the money in the end to start his business. Let's just say, yeah. But uh, let's. But you're right, Luke. It's uh, there's a lot of great ideas out there. There's a lot of great entrepreneurs out there. Unfortunately, there's a lot of barriers to entry when it, when it comes to the VC angel route or the equity crowdfunding route, um, and they're not that easy to to navigate. So, a lot of you know, unfortunately, it's it's often a yes no. Uh, situation where you know it's very black and white you're either good enough or you're not good enough we deem you good enough or not for us to invest in you and if it's a no it's kind of you're just sort of shown the door and, and it's up to yourself to continue working whereas we 
What we aim to do is try and be a little bit more founder friendly, a little bit more founder first. We remove those barriers to entry. So any founder is welcome to come and join our community. Uh, we uh, ultimately don't feel, you know, we deserve to have the power to say you're, you're good enough or yeah. you're not good enough to raise, right? I don't have the experience to say every company is good enough or not. So we kind of democratize that process by giving that power back to our, our community of, you know, experienced investors, experienced mentors and experienced founders. And we let them rate and provide feedback on the ideas so well, you know the ideas are essentially peer reviewed by the wider community and until they're validated by the community they can't go on to fundraise on our platform so okay. uh, they get the benefit of tapping into a, a network of really experienced people within the space to help you know get them further along down the track and get them to an investable uh point and then they can ultimately go on once validated to raise around it's such a it just makes so much sense to me. Like, and I think that there's a a really big need for this. Also, it's going to be like we talked about during this episode. There's going to be even more opportunities for your business as people get more confident, as people get more, you know, get early wins in crypto when they're twenty and they say, "I don't want to get a job." You know, uh, one of my friends yeah. made fifty three thousand euro in a in one trade, and it's it's uh, sitting in a bank account in Costa Rica, Mark, or not Costa Rica, El Salvador. Sorry. Um, and, you know, no one knows about it. He thinks anyway. Um, I don't know how that's going to work out. I won't name names, but uh, you know who you are if you listen. <laughs> You're right, though. There is um, the landscape has changed drastically, and uh, the younger generations are more and more interested in what they do with their money. You know, our parents would have been, you know, sticking in the bank and leave it there yeah. type of thing. And now it's very much, you know, I think crypto, I, to be honest, I think crypto was probably the trigger point for this. It was probably the catalyst for people to better understand, you know, opportunity and what they can do with it. Um, so that's something that we'll definitely, I think a lot of the retail investors on our platform, similar to, you know, platforms like Robinhood and Desiro and, you know, even Revolut now where you can invest in crypto and stocks. Um, it will be a lot of the younger generations that will be involved. It's okay. I think the, the younger generation almost feel like they it's not a level pl playing field with the older generation because, because they own all the property. Mm -hmm. So how do you start evening it out? You take you have to take bigger risks earlier, yeah. more educated risks, which like Dan, all the older generation tend to take because they don't know much about you know startups, uh, crypto. So I definitely feel well, definitely with crypto. That's why younger people are. It's their only chance, almost to. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's interesting. You know, it's, and it's hard to, you know, you can't blame you can't blame anyone for wanting to, to take a punt either when you see some of the returns people are making, right? So I know, uh, it just gets us going. We marketers, we we've set up a, we we've got our own little scheme. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but we're we're basically we're selling T-shirts on uh, on Amazon.com, uh, and then any money that we make. Uh, we're just going to buy crypto with. That's kind of nice. our, because we were kind of say how much of our, we'll put into this. Because last year on the podcast, we had all these financial experts on. We had loads of them because like we, our theme for the year was get our money right. And we set up all the, like, so all my investments and stuff are very automatic right now. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say, okay, how much more do I put in crypto? But now we're just going to use that as a, as a base and we're going to make content out of it, Mark. That's what we like to do around here on the Shark Pod. <laughs> yeah, essentially it's, in an ideal world, it's going to be free crypto. That's yeah, absolutely. Something <laughs> to fund your fund. Yeah. Uh, 
And so, Mark, we usually end with the the lightning round. I know you don't have your you're at your office, and you don't have your your list of stuff. So, why don't we do one question each from the lightning round stuff uh, for Rob before we let him let him get on with this Tuesday night? I just I just have one more one quick question. Okay, Mark is pause scratching his head so he's really thinking about that question so rob i'll go i'll go first uh, one of the new lightning around questions that we were going to ask is um is if you were teaching a course what would you teach a course on um for me it would have to be and this is only because it's something that i don't know enough about it's around um uh marketing and community building it's my complete weak point and uh, i would i'm happily to say happy to say it um, and as a business, it's kind of like, you know, my background is sales. Scott is, is uh, the tech and engineering side. So the obvious next point for us is around, you know, you know, someone who knows the ins and outs of growing community uh, and, and building your brand. Uh, so, it's you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to wear like every hat possible. Um, so I'm quickly trying to upskill myself in that uh, in that space. So somewhere I definitely need to uh, my uh, my knowledge. So there's that's what Tony Robbins says. The there's two th- things in business to focus on: uh, innovation and marketing. That's all you need. Hey, mom, Paris, mom, Mark. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I don't know what's going. On. I've been, my my baby's not been uh, very well, so he's been up all night, and I'm kind of half asleep here, Mark. But Mark Baker, what's the last question that you've got for the for our, our guest tonight? Um. Okay. If you could advise anybody, let's let's say a young entrepreneur, right, or, or a young an early stage kind of founder type doesn't have to be young age, but kind of a, an early stage founder one kind of skill that would be most beneficial to them from what you've seen uh, to, to get funding, you know, to get to that next level, what kind of skill would they need? Skill. Uh, it's a good question. I think one of the things that uh, everybody should do when they're in those early, I think one thing that people actually don't do enough of is speaking to enough people in order to validate what it is they're trying to do or what it is they're trying to build. It's such an incredibly important part of the process. And unfortunately, sometimes what we've noticed from conversations and from, you know, what we're learning is that it's often quite shallow, the validation piece. And ultimately what it just comes down to is, is networking and speaking to enough people that are outside your immediate sort of network or, or comfort zone group of people, because those people are very quick to provide positive reinforcement and tell you your idea is great because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. But ultimately that's not what's um, constructive to what you're trying to do um, and could save you a lot of time. If you speak to somebody who's going to be honest. So the skill is, is really around building your, your network, building your brand. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and reach out to people. One thing that I've noticed about the, startup space or the entrepreneurial space is generally people are more than happy to give you a bit of their time and have a conversation because they're they're really just paying it forward right because they've kind of been in that space before in that time and they've been fortunate enough to get some good advice off someone who was willing to give them a bit of their time so uh, don't be afraid to reach out to people and just ask the question the shy baby gets no sweets so don't hesitate to uh to put yourself out there and ask for it a shy baby gets no sweets. And on that bombshell, I think we'll leave it there tonight. Robert, thanks so much for coming along and having a chat with us. It was great to catch up with you, uh, one of our old uh, college alums. And uh, this will be out very soon, and we'll let you know. And best luck with the business. I think it's going to be a, a smash hit. Thanks very much for joining thanks us. Thanks very much. Please appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Robert.